Brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit Mike'sArchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, Brian and Travis, I missed the beginning of the sponsor plug. Um, it, it's supposed to say Mike Sarcher at the very beginning of that. I forgot to turn the volume up and, um, mm. Ryer has crucified me. Um, I, I will, I thought I'll I never... was getting to do the intro. You said that I was going to get to do the intro to this. All right. Then you took it over. Well, it's done now, but I was going to, when I was apologizing for a mistake, you go ahead and do the intro. What's this podcast about Ryer? I'm listening. Welcome to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is episode 154. That's 154 for people who don't like saying individual numbers. Uh, we are talking about TV shows, specifically hunting TV shows, and uh, giving you all the rundown from zero to hero uh, for those of you out there who want to have their own hunting TV show. We... Uh, as a company, have produced multiple hunting TV shows. Caleb has been uh, producing hunting TV shows for what? Ten years-ish. 10, 13 years now? No, 10. Um, and Don't so give me 13 yet. We've got a He's pretty... He's not great enough for 13. Not great enough for 13. I feel like I am. We've got a pretty extensive knowledge base, and uh, we have a lot of people contact us and ask us about TV, what it takes to have a TV show. I know that um, at one point in time, I was among those people who contacted Caleb about, hey, what do I need to know if uh, we're going to have a TV show? So this is the third installment of our three-part series, So You Wanna. Uh, We did a So You Wanna Have a Podcast episode, and we also did a So You Wanna Have a Web Show episode. The web show episode was uh, pretty long and extensive, uh, we covered a lot of stuff. Uh, some of those things are crossover, so we may not uh, cover them here. We may gloss over them, but uh, especially gear stuff, if you want to get more information on camera gear, uh, we talked a lot about it in the previous episode, which would be number 153. But uh, also, we live stream these on YouTube. If you also want to see our faces, uh, you can do that on YouTube. Overrated. Mine, mine looks as good as it sounds, but I can't speak for the <laughs> others. <laughs> uh, who let me have a microphone? Did. The web show episode ended up being two and a half hours. We gave out a lot of information. I actually, so we were, we were like, holy crap, it was and y'all, two and, and a half you didn't hours. Even, and you didn't even write the, you didn't even write the podcast thing correctly. What do you mean? Supposed to be 151, 150, 149. You went episode 152. I guess oh. I'll have to go in and edit that. Gosh, <laughs> killing me. That's just how I do it, I guess. I didn't. Yeah, it's wrong. Mm. You'd be wrong. I like doing the ep. Mm-mm. So people know. People know it's an episode. They're not dumb. Sometimes. 
I was going to say, don't you have to treat your audiences sometimes like they are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, there's a live stream. Uh, we love to see you all on there. If you're on there, you get the exclusive opportunity uh, to ask asks us questions wow, uh, not live. Good. Not good. You know what, Keegan? <laughs> I don't want to hear it from you. Okay. You just get you walk up here, and then you just berate me for the entire podcast, and you walk back down. I don't appreciate it. It's not very nice. Hurts my feelings, honestly, a little bit. So, uh, winners on. Tim's on. Forty two pros is here. Matt Postel, he's here. Pa- gang's all How here. was it? Was it Postel? Oh, I said it wrong last time. Wasn't it Postel? Pa- Postel? I don't remember. I'm yeah, as long I'm, as it's not pasta sauce. I think no, we're in good not. shape. <laughs> it's not. Um. Okay. So we've got several guys listening. So this will be a fun one. So Ryer is going to take lead on this, and I'm just going to. I'm not really taking lead. Sounds like it. You have more of the information than I do. So, but I've got. Isn't that always the case, though? <laughs> not always. Sometimes you have to ask me for editing help. Sometimes you ask me editing questions. All right, but let's well, let's let's do a weighted scale here. <laughs> I know a lot of things about a lot of stuff. Obviously, not fashion. It's not one of those things. Ooh, this is a very good outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y'all both. That's just t-shirt and shorts. Anybody can do that. Keegan's, that's fine. That's a good one. But this... Homeless people can do that. <laughs> I've never seen a homeless person look like this. I have. That's because they'd be ashamed. Mm. I have. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Clearly, I wore it. So. The homeless guy turned that shirt in, by the way. <laughs> like He didn't even want to wear that shirt. Thank God bless him. I like it. Holy. Glad he did. Post-tail. 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 Yeah, whatever. We got it. He's not going to remember that. No, I'm not. We're real bad with names here. Um... So I've got the notes, and I'm going to tee you up and let you go because mm, that's my peach monster. Have you had one of those yet? I haven't. Take a little sip. I don't trust take, you where your mouth's been. <laughs> I've been here all day. I've done anything. I drank Before coffee. you got here. <laughs> I went for a bike ride. Okay. okay. Anyway, continue. Uh, it's Yeah, that's this is the new best monster flavor. I've already had a monster PG today. I can't, I can't do two in a day. Mm. Why not? But. Because that's not healthy. <laughs> one like, One's bad enough. Two's a no-go. Man, I've done like three or four in one day. We know. It was bad. Look at your shirt. We know. Yeah. Well, that's just the kind of baller I am. So, Caleb, a lot of people contact you. So you want to have a TV show, yeah. And ask, so you want to have a TV show. Mm-hmm. What's your immediate response when somebody's like, hey, Caleb, I want to have a TV show? My first response is usually like, but do you really – like why why do you want a tv show like and and maybe and sometimes now people say tv show and they think web show or they think some sort of series you know it's like okay do you really want to be on quote unquote linear television which now things are changing which we'll get into that later but that's the first thing i ask i'm like do you really because it's not what you think it is it's not the budget you're planning in your head and it's not the time commitment that you have in your head. It's, I can promise you it's more. And then when I finally start explaining that to people, that's when they start doing the old back pedal. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, that, how much? Oh, how long? Oh, I got to do what now? Oh, and Oh, and by the way, you haven't even went hunting yet. That's just what's going to cost to get it on air. You haven't done the first thing yet. You haven't traveled to the first place 
you haven't rolled the first clip, it's it's we'll get into that later, but it's 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 a gigantic undertaking. Like almost I mean, how many the average web show versus the average TV show? Like what's the increase I, in cost and time? I would a, say scale I would say four X. Four times. It, it is is a good starting point. It's four X the work, four X the budget, four X the time. I would say that's round. I mean, roundabout. Yeah. So if you're doing a ten episode web series, you know, and you're having a company like us produce it, and you're doing solid hunts, and you've got fifty thousand dollars invested in that, between hunts and travel and production and everything, four times that, and you're you're just now getting on air. You haven't hunted yet. So, it's it's a it's such a big, such a big thing that people don't understand. And it's a and it's a whole nother animal that is not it is. for us. It's uh, the work on our end is f- more than four X, I would think. And people are like, well, how do you how do you how can you explain why is it four X the work? Okay, well you can tell a story on web. You can tell a really good story of a hunt. Um, you can tell a, tell a really good story on a hunt if you're doing a hunting show. I'm just assuming we are because we're on the Redneck Tech Podcast. You can tell a really good story in nine, ten minutes. That's all it takes. In web, you can do that. It can be nine or ten minutes. But on TV, it's got to be 22 and a half. But you only have a nine-minute story. On the nose. On the nose. That's so, another level. So where are we getting the the other 11 minutes of content or 12 minutes of content, whatever it is? got to make it. you got to produce it, You got and it's got to be good. It's got to be relevant. It's got to be either more hunting or something to add value to your sponsors or your viewers. And that's more than 2x the work that you put into that nine minutes. Okay, now not only do I have to make it 22 and a half minutes, I've got to fill that 22 and a half minutes into four segments that equal 22 and a half minutes. So I have to plan around segments. And I have they to plan. And too they long. can't be too short or too long. I have to make sure. There's certain guidelines met for Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, Pursuit Channel, whether that's can't have graphics in the lower thirds, I can't have words in this part of the screen, I can't wear these certain things, I can't show this shot more than twice, I can't show a kill react or a kill shot more than three times, I can't pl- play a slow-mo high-speed running off with blood coming out over a certain amount of time. There's literally a booklet you get of all of these guidelines that you have to follow for a TV show. And if you don't follow them, then when they go through QC, they'll kick your show back and then it's late and then that costs you even more money. So it, th- that's just like the, the scratching the surface of the differences. Um, and you've got to pay for that thing to go somewhere. You know, you're looking anywhere between thirty dollars and $150,000 in airtime cost. Which we'll get into later, and then we'll get into and then we'll get into production cost, and then you get into your hunt cost, your travel cost, you know, your music licensing cost. I mean, there's so many costs associated with, it, and they're all higher when you start talking about TV. I think that is one thing that people don't realize is that you have to pay to be on hunting TV. That you're not getting paid to be yeah. on air. Not at the beginning, especially now. You know that 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 ship sailed 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, we have two shows that we're talking to, or one show right now that would that they want a couple of sponsors wanting to be on TV, and he's going to have to come out of pocket for it the first year, and with no guarantees year two that he's going to get paid anything back, even break even, mm-hmm. you know. But I also explain to people too 
Okay, so you want you you're dead set on one TV show. You have your reasons. You have you know a spar- sponsor, a partner, or somebody that said they want to see it on Sportsman or Outdoor. Okay, that's fine. You you figure you have the budget out of your own pocket, whatever. Great. Okay. How are you going to get that money back? Do are there any guarantees that you're going to get that money back? No, there's not. And I remember then, used to say it was. First two years, you usually expect people to come out of pocket. Third, if you're but doing that's, good, you'll break even. And then maybe four, you can And that's start. what I'm getting at. It's like you, th- you look at any business. Generally, when you start a business, generally, your first year, you're lucky to break even. Usually, you lose money. I mean, that's why IRS allows you to show a loss for two or three years in a business. Because most of the time, you don't make money. It's a business. You're trying to get off the ground. You're trying to start it. It's just like a TV show. You know? Year one, you don't make money. You probably lose money. Significant amount. Let's let's say for the sake of round numbers, for a good TV show, you're you're in the hole a quarter of a million dollars. That's on the low end. You're in the hole a quarter of a million. Well, I don't have a quarter of a million laying around. Maybe you do. I don't. All right, well, you're in the hole a quarter of a million the first year. Second year, in this business, you have to prove that you have a track record and, and have some staying power. All right, so you create a really solid show the first year. You're in the hole 250. Next year, you pony up another 250 to get in and get the show going. Okay, well, now you've got a couple paying sponsors. Well, instead of year two, you're probably in the hole, let's say just for the sake of argument, now you're in the hole 100. Well, now you're in the hole 350 over two years. Year three, you break even. You're still in the hole 300. Year four, if you've got the money and the staying power and the willpower to do four years of hunts or three or four years of hunts and production, then you might start making money. And when I say making money, you make 50 to 100. Okay, well, if there's more than one guy on the show, you split that in half. If there's three guys on the show, you split it by a third. Can you stick it out for four years? Most people can't. That's why the shows that are on TV that are still making money have been doing it for 20 years. And they are making, the top 10 shows are making 90% of the sponsor dollars. And, I, and, and, and the example that I give people, they ask all the time, which shows are making money? The easiest way to explain that or to show that and represent that is if you watch a television show on Outdoor Sportsman Pursuit, I don't care. If you see that host, perfect example, Lee and Tiffany. When you watch Lee and Tiffany's show and then in that commercial break, you see Lee and Tiffany in the commercials on their show, they're making money. If you do not see the show hosts in their own commercials, they're breaking even, barely making it, or maybe making a little money, more than likely they're losing their butt. That's a general rule of thumb. If you if, if the company is invested enough in them to put them in the products that are represented in the show and also the commercials that are on there, Lee and Tiffany are always in the Under Armour commercial. They're generally always in the Matthews commercial. You know, they're always in the Polaris commercials. Well, that's their big sponsors. That's who spends a lot of money with them. That's how you know. If they're not in their commercials, man, that you can guarantee you they're struggling. So the other thing that I always remember you asking people, and I hear you ask people for anything that they're doing, whether it's a web show or a podcast or a TV show or, um, you know, a brand approaching you with a video is, what's your goal? And I think that's yeah. an important thing to uh, talk about because – you have to be really honest with yourself about why it is that you want to be on TV and what the ultimate goal is of being on TV. 
because that's really going to inform a lot of the um, decisions that you make going forward. Yeah. Well, and I, and, and maybe I should even back up a little further. Maybe we should even lay out kind of like what kind of TV shows there are because there's a, there's a couple different ones. When, when I mean that by that is when you watch, and, and I know a lot of people listening to this might, might not even watch linear TV much anymore. You might start because there's being some major changes on Outdoor Channel and Sportsman Channel on where they're going to be provided. So you might have an opportunity to watch them on some nonlinear platforms now. But, um, and that's kind of what we can get into that later. But think about the shows. I'm thinking about like the shows that I grew up watching and then we produce now. So the top tier shows, the top 10%, the ones that make the most money, your Lee and Tiffany's, your Drury's, your, you know, Lindsay Ways, those shows are essentially they have hosts, they represent products, they get paid, they do a really good job, they have a great business model. And that's its own animal where you have one or two hosts, like a bone collector has three hosts. They go out, they do hunts all over the place, whatever, they come back. All right, so that's one kind of show. Another kind of show is what we call a corporate or marketing type show. Primos, Swarovski Optics Quest, um, anything Realtree does. Those shows aren't designed to make money. Those shows are designed to market a product or a service. Swarovski Optics Quest, that comes out of their marketing budget. They produce that entire show. Uh, it's done really need sponsors. It has some, but it's just because they have other products on the show and to help them with some costs. Probably loses money in the long run. You know, Realtree, they probably have enough sponsors. They probably do make a little money, but it's not designed for that. It's supposed to be for the camo brand. Primos, they're there to sell Primos products. That's what they're there for. That's the kind of show. Then the third kind of show is your, what we call a pro staff show. Juries, 13, um, uh, the dream season. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many of them. I haven't watched TV in so long. But the shows that have a crew of people or two-man teams that go out and they film hunts all over the place, they send in their footage and somebody cuts a 13 episodes out of, you know, a team of people out there hunting. Basically, just aggregating the best stuff. From Essentially, a, from a yeah, and then giant they're crew they're adding value by doing a good job on killing a big deer, getting good footage, and they figure out a way to make it worth their crew's while or whatever. That's another type of show. And then the fourth kind of show is my least favorite show, and that's the really rich guy that needs a ride off that wants to see himself on TV. And there's plenty of those. Um, anybody out there can have a TV show if they got enough money. Um, and they, a lot of people ask, like, how do you become a millionaire in the outdoor industry? And it's you start by being a billionaire because <laughs> that's how you do it. Um, Boy, we might need that on a T-shirt. Yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> like, there's there's no reason that you couldn't have your own TV show. If you got the money, you got the time. Uh, and there's been plenty of those over the years that have wanted to see themselves on TV. They've created a season and lasted a couple of years. And then they're like, yeah, this isn't what I thought it was. Because it's a ton of work. It's not something that's, it's not what you think it is. It's not what I thought it was when I got in this business. Um, but that's kind of the, the four types of shows, if you want to be very general about it. And I think that when most, uh, when most people approach us for doing a TV show or asking us about TV shows, they're usually asking with the goal in mind of being the personality show. 
with being the the Leontiffs or the Michael Waddells, right? Where yeah. the where the show is about them and they're making money from sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously there's there's the brand shows and stuff like that, but I think that most people probably listening to this podcast are probably in that boat where it's like I want to have a TV show, uh, and it's like the personality type. Yeah, and it's and that's the most difficult one to make the money. It is. And, and and if you do make the money and you do and you are successful at it, you got to remember those shows have thirty to fifty sponsors, which means you have thirty to fifty bosses that you have to adhere to, and that's where people stop liking watching Outdoor Channel shows. It's because they feel like it's a it's an infomercial. Well, we've created that monster in the model because, and that's something we could back up even further. Is Outdoor Channel, Sports Channel, Pursuit Channel? For those of you who don't know, are very different than every other network show. It's a pay-to-play system. So you can have a show by paying for the airtime and having a show to deliver. Whereas an A&E, History Channel, Discovery Channel, those type of platforms, with with a few exceptions, but mainly all those network shows, they find a show or a concept or a host. They have a production crew. They go out and they create this show and they bring it back. The network owns the show and they sell the ads inside the show, and that's how they make money. And then they pay or the ads on the network, or the ads on the network, and they are the ones that—that's how Duck Dynasty was. Like they didn't own that show; A and E owned that show. Uh, those guys got talent fees, and they got you know some residuals, and they got some deals. But most of that money went to A and E. But that's not the same way. When they had Duck Commander back in the day on Outdoor Channel, they owned Duck Commander. Actually, I don't think Benelli owned Duck Commander. But anyway, that's that's why it's different. Outdoor Channel is a pay-to-play, whereas everything else is not. Like a Netflix show, I can't just go create a Netflix series and kick it to Netflix and pay to be on Netflix. It doesn't work that way because if it did, there'd be several outdoor brands on there because they've got the money to burn to do it. But th- that's not how it works. If you want to be a meat eater, you've got to be invited by Netflix to be on there. Um, or you have to have a series of people in the right places and spend a lot of money and have agents and all this, that, and the other. But there's, that's a whole different animal. But Which, That always amazes me because there is some absolute garbage on Netflix that they somebody thought that that was going to be a really good idea to have their show on Netflix. Yeah. And it is not. Yeah. It's just so bad. And I think some of it, too, is I Netflix may be becoming less picky with stuff because of how streaming competition. Is, is hemorrhaging. And and fracturing because it used to be like when Netflix first started, everybody wanted to put their stuff on Netflix. Like Netflix could call any TV show and be like, "Hey, can give we us put an exclusive. your stuff? Yeah, give us an on Netflix." And they're like, "Heck yeah! I mean, pay us as much money or whatever. We'll we'll give you the stuff. It doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the time, there's no other streaming services, so who cares? It goes on that one, and they still get all their TV audience, and it works out for everybody." Um, but over the past, like, especially probably one to two years, the last year especially, all these TV networks are being like, oh, well, we have all these shows that we paid all this production for and dumped all this money into. Uh, we can have our own streaming service and have people pay us to watch the shows, and then we're not losing that money to Netflix, right? So that's why you're starting to see, like, every time a big show gets pulled from Netflix or Hulu, it's because the licensing rights have run out, and usually that network is taking it and putting it on their own mm-hmm. streaming service. And, and then so, charging you to watch it. 
Right. It's so as, as, as much or more than having a Dish Network subscription now. Yeah, if you want to have all of them. Mm. Um, and now because of that, Netflix has to create a lot of their own content. And so they've kind of, in my opinion, taken the spaghetti on the wall approach. And they just produce things and they see what sticks. They still have some anchor. They still have some anchor you know, series that make people want to, you know, have Netflix and watch it. You know, it's the same reason, and we can talk about this. I mean, we're going deep in the weeds, which this is kind of the stuff I like talking about. But um, if you look at look at streaming platforms, look at the big ones, look at Netflix, look at like HBO Go, look at Hulu, look at um, Amazon Prime. They're killing it lately. They, they all have uh, usually one or two, sometimes three, series that they spend uh, an exorbitant amount of money on. And those are the series that they probably don't technically make money on producing, but it brings people to to the streaming platform and makes them pay to watch that one series. Like right now for Netflix, it's Stranger Things. Um, It's Mindhunter. It's a couple of those really, really big ones that you can only watch them because Netflix produced them. Netflix owns them. The only way you're watching it is if you have a Netflix subscription. HBO, it was Game of Thrones. The only way that you're going to watch Game of Thrones is on HBO. you got to have a subscription. So it's so good. But, the, I mean, the amount of money that that costs them, like the amount of money Stranger Things just cost them in graphics. Like I, I'd love to know how much they paid in graphics. I mean, it's just Oh, is there a ton of that? In, I, haven't, I haven't watched it. <laughs> That's a lot of graphics. <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's a it's a sci fi show, so yeah. And it's I mean, and, but I mean, most of Game sci-fi of Thrones is graphics. Yeah. Um, but it's the, you know Amazon Prime. You know, they just released Terminal List. They hit that marketing campaign harder than anyone I've seen lately. Yeah, that's one of the only Amazon Prime show because I don't have Prime, but that's one of the only Prime shows that I can think of knowing off the top of my head. Yeah. The there's Terminal List. Um, there's uh the Tom Clancy one. Uh, oh crap! They have a few. There's shows Reacher in that genre that are there's really good. Reacher, yeah. and then there's um, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. That's what I'm thinking of. Jack Ryan's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? John Krasinski plays the lead character. Hmm. He's really freaking good in it. It's a one. It's worth watching. I wonder it, how similar those two shows are. The the Jack Ryan versus the um, well Jack Ryan Terminal List one. Terminal List is not. It's not the same. I mean, it, they're both like, you know, because as a whole, those like they're d- very different, though. Yeah, they're they're well, the, the, so the Jack Reacher one is about a guy in the CIA who just is just a BA who goes out and finds yeah. people and does his job. Whereas Terminal List is about a guy who's avenging his family. He's yeah. a former Navy SEAL who's just murking people. <laughs> um, they both murk people, but for two different reasons. Um, it's the motive that makes them different. It's the motive that makes them different. But anyway. So, but the Outdoor Channel and Sportsman Channel have tried to do the same thing. They have anchor shows like Lee and Tiffany show, but they don't own Lee and Tiffany show. So it's different. And they try and push. They have cho- shows that they do own, and they try and push those shows. Problem is, I hope no one's listening, their shows suck. So that's why nobody watches them and nobody cares um, because it's more of the same crap. Shots like, fired. There's nothing, and, and we're going to get into this in a minute. Um, are we to the four part shit? That's up to you. If we're well, up, you're if the we're one there, that noted it. If I don't know there, where we're at, I don't we're know where on, we're, we're at. on uh, three point oh. All right. Well, I'm a, I'm segueing into it. Segue. This is a segue. So I get. No. I, so there's. 
I mean, a, most people know Lee and Tiffany's show if you watch linear TV. But if you think about, let's just say a web show, you know, I know we're talking about TV, but think about, uh, you know, heck, we can even talk about like what a show on Amazon Prime or Netflix, why you like it and why it's so good. You know, a, a, a show needs four things. And this is my opinion. This isn't, you know. And this is going to, is this specific to hunting shows? I, four? This is how I, this, is this one's specific to hunting shows. But if these you, are the four commandments of having a hunting. Show. They, 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 these are the four. <laughs> com, these are the Holy four Ghost. commandments, in my opinion, that make a show great. If you have two of them, if you have one of them, your, your show sucks. If you've got two of them, your show's decent. If you've got three of them, your show's good. If you've got four of them, it's a top ten. Um, very few shows have all four. Um, the four things, in my opinion, that make a show great. It has it, the first is production value. Um, there's not very many shows on Outdoor Channel Sports Channel that have production value. There's just not. Um, and what is and maybe I should define production value. Production value is when I watch something, it's cinematic, it's good editing, it's colored correctly, it's shot correctly, it's got dialogue, it's got drone, it's got all the tools, it's got all the things that make it creative and stand apart from its the show next to it. You can tell they took time and yeah. spent money and spent money and yeah. hired or had people with skills yeah. in all of the creative departments put put those resources towards the show. And and I'm not necessarily I'm not throwing stones because there's a lot of shows, especially web shows that guys watch that don't have any production value that are that are that people like to watch that gets tons of views. This is my opinion. So production value is number one. There's not a lot of shows that have production value because production value costs money and takes time. That's why they don't have it. Number two, you got to kill big stuff. Killing big stuff requires money. Another thing that a lot of people don't have, you got to kill big stuff. Number three, you've got to have a good, relatable host or hosts, plural. Those people have to be real. They have to be believable. They have to be killers. They have to... The show's got to be their number one priority, and they are host of the show. That's their role. It's got to be somebody that somebody wants to watch. Yeah. It's got to be somebody, somebody that you want to watch. Tiffany Likoski, Michael Waddell. You know, those are – that's a host. Um, number four, and this is the one that's the hardest, is you've got to have an X factor. You've got to have something that cannot be replicated. You cannot replicate – Tiffany Lakoski's personality and her, you know, her, her bubbly nature and just how awesome she is on camera. Um, you can't replicate the passion that Lee Lakoski has for what he does and the and ability the combination between the two. and the combination of the two and the place they've created in Iowa. It's just, it's, uh, it's not unattainable, but it's very, very hard to recreate and replicate. You not, nobody's got the, good old boy down like Michael Waddell does. You know, I, I put Chuck in that category, which I know we haven't gotten to put Chuck out there like I would like to, but Chuck's got an X factor in his personality and the way he carries himself and the way he is around people that not very many people have. You've got to have something about the show, the personalities, the way it's produced, 
something's got to be so hard to replicate is nearly impossible. It's a special sauce. Especially the, the secret ingredient, the special sauce. You've got to have an X factor. But it's not like the special sauce that all the restaurants have that's yeah. basically the same sauce. Exactly. It's like an actual special so sauce. So there's a lot of shows out there that have three of those four. They kill big stuff. they got production value, uh, and they've got, a, they've got a dedicated host that's, that's solid. But they're missing that X factor. You know, almost all of them are missing that X factor. So um, those are the four pieces that make it special. And that's why you see these shows that are making the majority of the money, they have all four of those things. Or if they don't have all four of those things, there's two reasons. They've been around for 20 years and they've got staying power and they've got great relationships with sponsors. Or in the words of Chuck Belmore, they got naked pictures of somebody's wife. That's the only reason they're still there. And that's the only reason I could think of for some of these brands. God, I love that guy. I really do. <laughs> I really do. But um, that's the only reason, and I'm not going to name names, but there's a couple I can think of right now. The only reason they're still on television is they got naked pictures of somebody's wife. <laughs> and they're holding them ransom every year. They just show them that. They just flip through their phone and be like, you going to sign that contract? <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I know that's not PC, and I'm sorry. But, you know, hey, I learned watching suits, you got to have leverage. And that's leverage, buddy. Everything's about leverage. Everything's about leverage. And that's leverage if I've ever heard it. Maybe that's another shirt idea. Leverage. We got naked pictures of somebody's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a great. I think that's a good sticker. Yeah, yeah, no I doubt. I would put that on my camera case in a hot minute. Remind me to tell you about a sticker of somebody that we know that they used to create back in the day. One of the best I've ever heard. The most savage thing you've ever heard in your life. Oh, Neat. I know this sticker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you love it. Absolutely love it. Anyway, continue. Where are we at now? So, up to this point, we've basically talked about all of the things that you need to think about and consider and be honest with yourself about before you jump into anything. Um, before you even jump into this next part, which we're not even jumping in yet, this is really still more things to consider. Um, but it's important to just really, I think, for people to sit down and try to answer these questions and try to figure out what the show is going to be and what their it factors are uh, are they going to be able to kill big things? Do they have a good story? Yes. One. What's the one thing that if we hear one more time that we're going to blow a gasket for a mm. concept of a show? Oh, just me and a bunch of buddies hunting. Good old boys. And especially if it's like we are the antithesis of Lee and Tiff. Yeah. Right? There's everybody like, well, of course Lee and Tiff can kill big things. They've yeah. got this farm in Iowa and yeah. they spend all this money. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I don't. I Guess if, who's getting sponsored dollars and who's not. Yeah. Yeah, if if, if we think, if we get pitched if we get pitched or told one more time, your show idea, your show concept is, man, it's just me and some buddies. We just grew up and we just like to hunt. We just we're just guy we're just guys like you and I. You know, we're just guys like anybody else. Just blue collar. Just like to hunt around the house. You know, that's how we're different. No, you're not. That's not different. There's nothing at all unique about that. Not even a little bit. It's been done and been done again. Oh, and, and it's never again and again and again and again. And again. the only one that I know about that's still around like that is small town hunting. And the reason they are is because they're really good personalities, and they kill big stuff. You do not have their personality. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. 
<laughs> I just get fired up, man. Just yeah, and, gosh. And honestly, been down I this think, road so many times. And I you think just that's watch where the blood. Oh boiling, man, I just yeah. get so mad. Well, and that's where being really honest with yourself is important, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> like I got hey, something else I'm, I want to say I, now. I think it's I got a mat on. <laughs> I don't want to stop the mat on. I'll let well, Caleb get his so mat on. Here's the other thing. I say that because I've heard so many guys pitch that to me. In my first little web show that I wanted to start back in the day, that's what it was. But I was also one of the few people that was honest with myself, and I said, what's unique about this? Absolutely not. The only thing unique about it at the time was it was a web show and not a TV show because at the time, if you didn't have a TV show, you were nothing. This was... 13 years ago, 14 years ago. But the other thing is what kind of what Ryer said is you have to be honest with yourself as to what you want. And I've only had one person ever be honest with me is I've had this conversation with people that want a show, want a web show, want a TV show, want a series, they want something. And I ask them, you know, what's your goal? What's the, this, that, and the other. And what I want out of them is for them to tell me, you know what? I just want to see myself on camera. Because that's the reason that a lot of people want to do it, but they won't say it, and they're not honest with themselves. Mm -hmm. If that's your goal, I would rather know that so I could say, okay, so you want to see yourself. All right, how do we make you either you know, bring out more personality, make you better at this? How do we improve you there? I've only had one person ever tell me, you know what, I just really want to see myself on camera. I want to be the host of the show. One person in 10 years doing this, and I can tell you who he is. I'm not going to say it right now. He's the only guy that's ever came out and said, I want to see myself on camera. But I've talked to pff, countless others that I know that's the reason they want the show. They just want to see themselves. They think they can do it as good as Michael Waddell or whoever. They just don't when they, seem vain. And when, they, and when they can't do it. Yeah. When they're not. And I, I learned at a very early, early on, thank God, that I shouldn't be the guy on camera. I need to be the guy behind the camera because wow. that's where my passion lied is telling a good story and being creative and bringing something to the screen that I wasn't seeing or I didn't know how to create at the time. And so I gave up hunting for two and a half, three years to film whoever would go. Because you're never short of somebody who wants to hunt in front of the camera. You're very short in finding somebody who will volunteer their time behind it. So, but being honest with yourself, and if, you, if you're the guy that wants to see themselves, that's fine. I don't have a problem with it if you're honest with me about it, you know. But, but for you to say, well, you know, man, no, I think we're we're just we're unique, man. We're just good old boys, and just no, you just want to see yourself on camera, or you want to get some free stuff. If that's what you want, be you honest. Want to get with, paid to hunt. You want to get paid to thing. hunt, or you want to get some free gear from somebody. If that's what you want, I can work with that. But don't feed me some bullcrap line about. This show concept that's been done 9,000 times? No. Be honest with me. Well, it's the same thing with, uh, like, a brand that wants a show, right? Like a like a, a Primo's. Mm -hmm. If you ask them why we have that show, well, it's to sell more product. Mm -hmm. That gives you so much information, especially us, who they would approach to produce a show, as to, okay, well, they want to sell more products, so we need to make a show that sells them more products. They don't. They would... Like, that's their priority, so all these other things have to fall in line underneath it. Yeah. You know? Like, you can start narrowing down some of your priorities and um, your decision-making processes if you're honest with yourself about what it is that you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And egos, man. This industry, you couldn't fit the egos in the entire room at ATA. 
Like it's that that place is busting wide open with egos. And if you're the guy with the ego, know that you're guy with the ego and figure out how to work within that. And, and again, be honest with yourself. I got an ego, you know. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say that. I'm going to get mad about this. I want to. I want to be the lead guy. I want to see myself more. It's like, okay, that's fine. I just want. I just want you to tell me that. But I'm telling you, man. There's been so few of these quote unquote pro staff shows where you've got four or six guys that are trying to do a show that last because there's always one or two that want to see themselves more than everybody else, and they feel like they're working harder than the rest of them, and it just never works. If you can make it work, good luck. But man, I just you got to be honest with not only yourself but everybody else that's involved because I've been through this so many times and it I've I know so many hurt friendships and broken up friendships and everything in between. Especially I think on the TV side of things because it just it magnifies everything because there's obviously the the status of being on TV involved, which doesn't help people's egos and doesn't help how people feel about themselves. But also at the same time, you're you're like you said, you're in it, 250k. Mm-hmm. Like there's money on the line now. Oh. Whereas with a web show, there there may be money on the line, but it's not 250k plus. Yeah. Right. So that's why it's super super important before you decide to go diving into a TV show to really understand what you're in it for, what your goals are, is everybody rowing in the same direction? Yeah. Uh, do we have something that actually can be successful or are we going to be setting ourselves up for failure and frustration and all these things where, especially if you've got a team of guys, I mean, yeah, you, you start, that's where you, like you well, said, you start breaking friendships. And, and 250 K is a baseline, right? The top 10 shows are spending significantly more than that. Right. And the reason is when you, sp- it takes money to make money, just like every other business, you know, they, they got, you know, 300 to half a million dollars in production and hunts. It's like, man, that's a ton of money. Yeah. But they've got probably two sponsors that paid for that. You're like thinking, oh, wow, I mean, you know, that's a lot, a quarter of a million dollars a year. It's like there's only a couple of them out there to do it. But they have set a standard that they know nobody else is willing to meet. That's why they're getting paid that much money. But 250 is a baseline. That's for production in your hunts and some travel. You know, that's before you've paid airtime. You know, you're, you're, it's extremely, extremely expensive. Yeah, I think. And I, I don't think know how the hell, I don't know how the hell people do it. I don't, I yeah. still don't know how they're doing it. Some of these shows, like how they are coming up with that much money every year. They just must have money to burn. Well, whatever. Because most of them suck. <laughs> most of them are not making that money back. <laughs> they do. Most of them suck. I mean, I'm not saying anything y'all don't know. I mean, y'all know that. So I think that's that why I don't kinda, watch hunting content. Well, I just can't. I just people ask me about stuff all the time, you know, and to review and to look, and, and I'm just, I'm so jaded now, you know. I, I just, I've got such a different perspective. I mean, me and you were talking about just mm-hmm. life in general, much less this industry. It's even worse. But it's like I just I can't watch it with an unbiased eye anymore. It's almost not. It's ruined it for me because I know. You know, I was, who was I? T- I was talking to him about fishing the other day. Who was I? Who was I talking to about fishing shows? I was like, "Oh my God, fishing shows are the easiest thing in the world to do." I'm like, why do you say that? I'm like, you can catch four or five fish and film a whole fishing show. They're like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, you catch the fish, then you turn the camera on. You don't have to worry about it until they catch the fish." And I was like, "You fake the hook set," and they're like, "What?" 
I'm like, yeah, you don't act, you very rarely, if ever, get the live hook set. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm like, all you got to do is have the fish on the line say, hey, give me a hook set, and they fake the hook set, and then you reel the fish in. They're like, they're faking that? And I'm like, yes, where have you been? <laughs> I'm like, nothing you're seeing is real. I'm like, you're being lied to every time. And they're like, I was like, but why, but why is there the expectation that it should be real? I was like, you catch four or five fish, you fake four or five hook sets, and you talk about the fish, and the day you're having, show's over. You're getting on the water and getting out of the water, that's it. That's the whole show. A few cruising shots, a little yeah. cruising montage. Yeah, exactly. The show's done. Oh, little, my God. A little area montage to really set That's why set I want a fishing show. It's like, holy crap, that's the easiest. Dude, I filmed a couple of that uh, the fin chasers. I felt like I was, I'm like, they're paying me for this? I sat on the boat until they caught a fish. We didn't do nothing. Hey, you want to film a fishing show? Let's we go up to do, Alaska. Dude, we didn't do nothing. They caught like, I bet we caught eight or ten fish that day. And I bet I had a camera in my hand a total of two hours, maybe. Yeah, see, that's why I don't want to trout fish in Georgia. This was in North Carolina. Same, same, same. It's all bad. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all right, where we're we not going to go down that road. Yeah. That's a long and windy road full of <laughs> anger and jadedness. Uh, I think that segues well into understanding the undertaking that TV is, both in budget and time aspects, um, and how different kind of shows need different uh, have different requirements in both of those respects. So. How would you kind of run through the undertaking for the different types of shows? Like like the 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 pro staff show versus the corporate show versus the like I, I don't understand. Say that again. Well, like so you've got your western shows, you've got whitetail shows, oh, like you just said, oh, you've gotcha. got your okay. fishing shows, you've got uh, so the we personality can... shows. Like for somebody who has gone through and they're like, Okay, yeah, all of these the fuzzy stuff, right? The we think we've got a good concept. We think we've got a group of guys. We think that we've got an X factor. We we know our goals, all that sort of stuff. So the next deciding factor on whether or not you're going to be able to have a TV show or what you're going to be able to put into it is kind of do you have the time and do you have the budget? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next the so two. What, what that's the what, first what question I'm looking at. That's the first question. I'm, that's the first question I'm asking them though, is because I want them to know like, okay, you want a TV show on Outdoor Channel, okay. Plan on 75 to 100K for airtime. That money's gone. That's what it costs to put it on the network. You're looking at, let's just, I'm, I'm going to say for the sake of round numbers, is there wiggle room in this number up and down? Yes. 250 for production. And when I say 250 for production, I mean a company like ours shoots every second of video. There's at least one to two people in the field on every hunt for a minimum of 100 days in a year. So that means you're hunting 100 days and there's one to two guys in the field with you for 100 days. And you're doing, let's just say for the sake of round numbers, 10 episodes, 10 days an episode. That's pretty dang close. You can do, but that's also if you're doing big game. If you're doing turkeys or you're doing fishing or you're doing you know, a predator show, you could probably cut those days down. But if you're doing what Lee and Tiffany do where everything's big game with an archery equipment pretty much, you're going to be in the field at least 100 days. Um, you might can scale that down to 80, but if whitetails is a big part of what you're doing, plan on being 
in a tree every day at season pretty much. That's a gigantic – or if you're doing outfitted hunts and you've got deer tied up in five states, then you might can cut that down. But, you know, or you're doing high fence hunts, which a lot of shows have done that too. That's that's how that's where your budget dies, is the days in the field, and the number of episodes, is it, because everything we do is based on time. How long are we gone? How much time is it going to take to edit? That's what we base everything on, and then cost is just what it costs: flights cost, fuel cost, hunt cost, tag cost, you know, and then then there's always things that crop up. You know, there's things that break, things that run out, things that you need that you didn't know you needed. Um, uh, there's, you're looking, and that's that's before you've hunted. So you got a hundred in airtime, two fifty in the production, three fifty, but you haven't hunted yet. Let's just say for the sake of argument, you've got a very low hunting budget, like we did the first year at, um, with uh, the habit, and you did it for between thirty and fifty, so another fifty, so you're four hundred. 400 grand is what it's going to cost you to do a solid, really good show for one season, one year. That's what it's going to cost. So 400 grand, and how many days are you not going to be at home? 80 to 100. As the host. If you're doing big game with a bow, 80 to 100. And that goes down. That's kind of the top end. Now, if you're doing like what Lee and Tiff do, or you're doing 15 originals or 20 originals like, you know, um, like Bone Collector does, you're going to be gone even more. I would say on average five to seven days per episode of television. That's how long you're going to be gone without travel. So let's just say seven. So 70 on the very, very low for 10 episodes, you're going to be closer to 100 around in there. That's how we try and budget. That's how we plan. Is and That's where we start giving price breaks in terms of what we do is after uh, 20 days in the field and then after, you remember if it's 50 or 80, we give another, is it 50? So 50, 20 is a price break, and 50 is a price break. If I know that we're getting that many days, I'll give you a price break on your day rate. Um, that's a big commitment. Think about it, 100 days, that's over three months. That's three months you're gone. And hunting season's only seven months, six and a half months, and that's if you're hunting spring and fall. So if you're just doing big game in the fall, you're gone the whole fall. You're gone the whole time. And then we're editing the rest of the time. Yeah, which we'll get into later. Yeah. Um, I think too, it's important to just understand how many days you're gone, especially because, I mean, you've got an out of pocket $400,000, but you know, you're going to either have to have some kind of job or a business or just have an immense amount of money saved up to allow you to travel for three months. So you're either going to be missing wages or you've got a business that's got residual income or something. Here's another thing though, that people don't plan for on hunting is, and this is what kills us a lot of times, is hunting is so dependent on weather. And you've got a hunt planned. You've got a rut hunt planned in Kansas for November 1st through the 5th, man. You're stoked about it. Well, you get there November the 1st, and it's 75 degrees, and the wind's blowing 100 miles an hour. Seems like we're always... Sorry. (laughs) You better hunt. you got to figure something out. And guess what? You've got a cameraman there that's costing you five to $1,000 a day, whatever, you know, well, that's you know that's twenty five hundred dollars you got in a camera guy, you got five days in the tree and you don't kill anything. We get paid whether you kill something or not, so you got to plan. And that's what I tell people: I was like, you plan ten trips that you kill on for ten episodes, and you got two or three where you're not. You know, there's going to be trips where you don't kill something. Been on many of them, many of them. I still get paid. 
You know, so you got to figure that you got to figure that into your your budget and your timing too, because it's going to happen. It always seems that we're always a little early or a little late when you show up to a place. Mm-hmm. It always feels like God's you, like, man, you should have been here last week. Yeah, or oh, they're just not time. ready. They're just not ready yet. You they're know the guide not, talk. Oh, yeah, man. freaking guide talk. I hate guides sometimes. I love them and hate them. Get there, my man. Y'all just missed it. It was it was great oh, yesterday. See, I, I or as soon as you leave, you get a text that. and you got a they got a big buck down. You're like, man, you should have stayed one more day. <laughs> it's like if I could reach this phone and choke you, I would. Uh, no, Sat in that stupid was, tree. Ah, it's been all right. If it was banger or we sh- did nothing, ah, it's been all right. Pretty consistent. Yeah, pretty consistent all over the place. I've never had a guy like that. I, they're always yeah. they're always Debbie Downer. Mm. Oh man, it's. I don't know. It's going to be tough this week. And as soon as you leave, oh, man, y'all should have stayed two more days. It got by its own fire now. I like, get, see, I get that approach, though, because I do the same thing with when people ask me about footage. People are like, so you get some good stuff? I'm like, oh, you know, I think I got I think I think got a couple good things, but I can't really tell. Like, I'll, I'll let you know when I get the episode finished if, Wait, I, if you, it's good. Wait, you modest about footage? You guys know. I say a lot of stuff. I'm very confident. But also at the same time, I'm – incredibly picky and a perfectionist so yeah i i talk a big talk but i'm always in the back of my head feel like i never got what i wanted oh yeah i'm the same way you're never you're just never happy yeah uh um, you're never happy with what what you get or you feel like you missed something and then you get back and you're like i don't remember shooting all this <laughs> uh i also think maybe as a word of warning to those people who may uh who may encounter this situation which we encounter a lot of not a lot of but it seems to happen when you go somewhere like somebody's buddy's got a property and they've been having this buck show up every day that they could kill from their front porch and you just got to come here yeah. and you're going to come here for a day and you're going to kill the crap out of a uh, out of a deer. What's the other one? What's the, the other one, one that drives me insane? Uh, I don't know. That's the one that I hear all the time. It's a slam dunk. Oh, yeah, every single time. If, I, you, if I hear that, I want to choke somebody. Anytime I hear somebody like, oh, yeah, we're going to this – we're going to this guy's place. He's got this freaking giant. He's he's I mean coming right by my freaking lawn every Guaranteed. day. Guaranteed. You could sit on my back porch and kill him. Every time I hear that, I go, "Yep, we're going to be here for 7 days. Yep. We're not going to see Or if anything. I hear if I hear I get somebody or a call or somebody's like, "It's guaranteed or it's a slam dunk, you're not going to see or shoot a single thing." So, and so, Billy Lawson does it every time we go to Florida. He's like, oh, it's a slam dunk. They're in there every he day. Does I'm like, do that, Billy, I swear to God, if you say that he again, does do and that. we'll sit there for three and a half days and one piglet will walk out and we shoot it. And I'm like, slam dunk, huh? We shot a 30 pound piglet. Can't wait for that. Next and then week. he just gets so pissed. Just if he said, just, just if he starts to, if he starts to <laughs> open his mouth and say something like that, just goes, just shut him up. Which is hard because you're going to have to interrupt yeah, him while exactly. he's already talking. Yeah, exactly. His mouth doesn't close. No. It's already just always oh. open. Our clients would do that when we were fishing. Oh, this fly is really hot, or this lure is really hot. Nope. Nope. You're not going to catch a single thing. Get out of the now. boat. You you go sit on the shore now. <laughs> this is unacceptable. Yeah, happens every time. So when you guys are planning your trips. My just... dad's good for that. <laughs> is he? <laughs> and he does it on purpose now. Oh, that's mean. Mm. That's just mean. There's no superstition in fishing. There's, I well, you had to it's teach me about the banana the other day. I didn't know. About oh, the banana on the boat. I've heard that one. I didn't know. Oh, and I've seen I've it so many times in person. Like, <clears throat> discover a client brought bananas on the boat, and everything's going awry. Things are getting tangled. Fish are falling off at the back of the boat. Mm-hmm. Find the banana. 
throw the bananas off the boat after everybody looks at you really weird while you're throwing bananas they just bought <laughs> overboard, and then all of a sudden, just all hell breaks loose. Everything just goes nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I got a question I want to go back to that we got on the live stream. Um, how many years does TV have left? I mean, the 40 and under, I bet most don't even have a TV subscription or dish direct. They don't. Um, I think the demographics now, it's even 45 and under don't. Um, that's kind of what's happening. I don't know if you've really been following what's been going on since third quarter started, um, but there's some shows, like Lee and Tiffany and some of the top shows, that are now on Hulu TV, and they're going to Fur- Fur- is it Furbo, Fubo. How do you say it, Ryder? Furbo. I've never seen it. Furbo TV, which is a big one for sports. Friendly and... Um, Slang. Sling. So there's some really big platforms that are now going to start carrying outdoor and sportsmen. I don't know if it's for all shows or just a couple, but there, that there's just a couple of big ones that are advertising it now. And from what the rumors I'm hearing, there's something supposed to be even bigger coming in January. Um, so that is going to bring a ton of new eyeballs. Up until I heard that news, I was totally against somebody doing a TV show. Now, and the reason I was Maybe is because new legs. it might be growing new legs or getting a second life. Because if you were asking me last year, outdoor television was circling the drain. I mean, it was just like barely hanging on. This might be the kick in the pants that it needs. I don't know what it's going to mean for us on the production side in terms of deliverables and extra work. I'm sure it's going to mean something because it always does and it always falls on us. But... With that kind of potential and that kind of viewership added, um, according to what we're hearing, the ratings for the shows that we do are still good. I don't know. Um, I've never believed those ratings. I think they're BS. I think they're smoke and mirrors. But when you add in platforms like Hulu, Furbo, Friendly, and... um, Sling, Sling, then there is some potential to really add a bunch of new eyeballs. Um, I think it was dying. I think it might have new life now. The next two or three years will tell. Um, that one's kind of the same what thing going on the mound. For a network, it is really, TV. It is really bad. They're all terrible. MOTV, Carbon, and YouTube. Yeah, there's several of those on-demand platforms. I mean, some are good, some are terrible. Um, we have. You know, make it happens on Carbon. Make it happens on YouTube. Um, Lee and Tiffany are on MOTV. Problem with MOTV is everything's a year old. Um, you don't get to see this year's episodes. You have to watch last year's episodes, which is ridiculous. Um, I'm just looking through to make sure there's no more. Um, Matt Pastel said that um, for fishing, we book four to six days in order to film, two to three due to weather, typically. Um Okay, that's it. So, what if somebody says oh, we don't want to, we don't want to necessarily hire a production company? Maybe we can save some money doing freelancers or filming our own. What would you have to say to them about that? Um, as far as advice, I would want warnings, to. I would want to know the level or hire the. Oh, I've, I'll hire one guy to film and edit Here's, all of it, too. I want to know what their expectation for the show is. Yeah. I would say, okay, if that's the case, that's fine. 
what show do you want yours to look like? Do you have an example? And if they say Huntmasters or the Lindsay Way or Heartland Bowhunter, I'm going to be like, I hope your guy's really freaking good. I hope they're really good. They know their stuff and they can edit. And if they can, and you could find that diamond in the rough, then more power to you. Good luck. There's a reason that top tier shows hire production companies because they're so consumed with sponsor obligations and making sure hunts are going off without a hitch and courting sponsors and doing the business side of this that that's why they're good shows because they understand the business side. They don't have time for the production side, so they hire us. Even if, even if they have to pay somewhat of a premium, sometimes it just depends on what it is, it's worth it because it takes that stress off of them, and they know when we come in, it's a turnkey process. They give us the dates. We send the guys. We pre-produce it. We plan it. We shoot it. We bring it back. We edit it. They give the thumbs up, thumbs down, make fixes. It's done. It's a stress relief, and it's worth the money uh, to a lot of uh, to a lot of shows that have the budgets for it. Um, if the money is what you're, if you're trying to, if you're trying to do a TV show, and you're trying to save a significant amount of money, the quickest and best way to do that is to simplify your hunts and to negotiate airtime. You might not get the best airtime the first year. Um, you know, there's there's other ways to do it, but, you know, I, what I used to think that production value was, and it is important to me, and it's important to our clients. It's not important to everybody, and it's not important to all the viewers. Um, that very That frustrates me a ton. Um, because I, I really look at really good production value as a very necessary thing. Um, that's what I enjoy, but also I don't derive my, which we've talked about this, my creativity and where I get my ideas from other outdoor channel shows or other YouTube shows. They come from stranger things. They come from game of Thrones. They come from terminal list. They come from the, you know, uh, the newsroom. They come from all the series network TV and that, Hollywood. that I love that have budgets that would pale in comparison to what we have to work with. I mean, they're talking millions an episode where we're talking, you know, two, three hundred thousand for an entire series. Um, th- those are guys are spending that on camera rentals per show, you know, so it, it's, it's, but that's what I also show people like you want to see the difference in this and this, this one, you know, man, I watched that, uh, that documentary on X, Y, and Z, man. It was incredible. I was like, you know why? Cause they've got half a million dollars tied up in production for a 45 minute documentary. They got a team of people. A team of people. It's like, and that's another thing. And and somebody comes. So cool to see that in person. Oh well, I've seen some fairly big production in person, and I love to see it. Have no desire to be a part of it. Like I, I want things scaled to where I would like to have a crew, but like I want it to where we're not setting up lights for every shot. Like I don't want to do that. That just I want the story to be real. I want it to be, you know, impactful. I want it to be organic. Um. But I love a very well-produced story. I love character development. I love production value. I love storylines. I love curveballs. I love cliffhangers. I love all mm-hmm. the things that make drama and movies and series what they are. 
um, and I try and figure out a way to implement that in what we do. It's very, very hard because what we do is so much different. But I also like to watch how did they shoot that driving scene because that's something we can do. How did they shoot that time lapse? How did they do those interviews? How did they do that in the field talking? All those things are things I can replicate in what we do to a certain degree. You know, how do I get the most out of my talent, out of my host, out of my character? That's something I can do. Can I, you know, can I work in special effects and, you know, these crazy, you know, over-the-top, dark, you know, really well-shot, dark images like, a you know, Batman? It's like, no, that's not going to work in what we're doing. It doesn't make sense. But, you know, like with the film we're working on now, like we're, we're trying to work in elements of things that we pulled from other places, not from the hunting world. We're trying to tell a story that resonates to hunters and outdoorsmen, but comes from a place not in hunting television. Um, so I feel like I was ranting. Anyway, continue. So you almost segued there earlier, but... Oh, sorry, you should have stopped me so I could have segued. No, these are all good informations. I don't want to stop you when you... That was adorable. When you got your what? A little segue. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like more... Should I do voiceover? No. Oh, okay. I think you Mm. should. I hate your guts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have any questions? You good? You you liking this? You getting some good info? Oh, yeah. Hunter's just along for the ride, man. He's just happy to be here. Oh, yeah. I'm just He's just, just here, grinning man. like a possum. I love it. All right. What you got? So speak more specifically about networks and airtime. So you've got you've got your show concept. You've figured out how you're going to film it. You got the time. You got the money. You got the people lined up. Okay. Uh, the next thing that you got to do is, is you figure gotta, out your networks and your airtime. You got to call Outdoor Channel, or you've got to hire someone like Wildcom or a similar company, which there's only a couple of them in this business that would do all this negotiation for you. Most people don't do that because then they take a percentage out of what you make from sponsors. Um, I would do that because I would rather make 10% of a hundred thousand than 0% of zero. You know, a lot of people don't want to give up 10% of their money. I, I, I am one of those people that wants to let someone else do what they're good at and me do what I'm good at. I'm good at the creative and telling stories I'm not good at selling. I'm not good at, you know, dealing with corporate entities. I, I just, I don't, like, there's parts of me that can do that, and I do have to do that. But, like, I know what I'm good at, and I know what I'm not good at. But That's, that's the Mr. Copeland side. Yeah. So, there's, <laughs> what El you're going to do, if you, if you don't call and have a company handle this for you, if they want to take it on, there's a couple out there. If you want information on those, I know a couple. Um, but... You negotiate it yourself. So you call Outdoor Channel, Sports Channel, Pursuit Channel, whatever, and you say, hey, I've got this show. Um, I've got the money, got the time, got the production company, everything. I have a pilot shot. You probably need to have a pilot done. And a pilot is a, a shortened version of what the show is going to look like. You usually would pay a production company or go out and do that yourself. Um, if you want more information on the pilot, call us and we can help you, but that's a whole different ballgame. Um they would look at it. They would approve it. If it's Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, they're probably going to approve it because they want your money. Um, then you say, okay, what airs time do you want? How many times a week do you want to be aired? So when I say air time, think about when. when is everything that you want to watch normally come on back when it wasn't streaming. Well, look at sports. Most times sports six, are coming seven, on eight. Sunday night set, 7, 8 o'clock. Well, that's prime time. That's when everybody's sitting there watching their TV. That time frame, that 30-minute slot, costs a lot more than Tuesday nights at 2 a.m. after the 
you know, the, the what's that, the Flex Seal commercials, you know, that that's not going to cost near as much. Those and, are great commercials. And then it comes down to how many times a week do you want the show to air? Three times, four times, five times? Okay, if you want it to air five times, that's going to cost more than if you want it to air three times. Well, what's the value in adding five airings versus three? Well, that's more chances for more eyeballs, better ratings. Usually the shows, like Lee and Tiffany, are going to air minimum four to five times. I think Lee and Tiff actually air five times. Um, and then they're generally going to be airing now anymore. They're going to be airing more places. They're going to be airing on Outdoor Channel, My Outdoor TV. They're probably going to have a non-exclusivity with a carbon or a somebody else. You know, some and, and a lot of them that don't that have exclusivity rights with Outdoor Channel. They're also airing sidecar shows that aren't the final show that are just a, a re-edited short raw version on YouTube. That way they get more views and make their sponsors happy. It's all about the eyeballs and making sponsors happy. Everything is. Um, so you negotiate that. And like I said, if you want the 3 a.m. slot on Tuesday nights, you can probably get that airtime pretty dang cheap, but nobody's going to watch the show. If you want the Sunday night slot at 8 o'clock, good luck because I think Lee and Tiff have it. Um, <laughs> but you're, you're going to have to pay more for that. Um, the Friday, Saturday, Sundays, you know, in the afternoons and evenings, that's when you're going to pay the most money. Um, but like I said, if you, if you just need to prove a track record and you want to get on TV, maybe you can pay for a cheaper airtime. You get one primetime slot and then your other slots are, eh, you know, they're 10 a.m.s on Thursday mornings when everybody's at work. And then you got one, 2 a.m. slot and then you've got a Thursday at 6 p.m. You know, that's a, a decent slot. It's not a great slot. Um, and there's tons of literature online that talk about ratings and primetime airings and when the, you know, the bell curves of when people are watching when they're not and all that stuff. And that's a whole nother discussion, but for example, uh, Lee and Tiff airs, uh, Sundays at eight. You're mm, right. Told you. And then Mondays, I just guessed that by the way, Monday at 3 AM, Tuesday at 5 30 PM, Wednesday, 11 30 AM, Friday at 2 30 PM. Yeah. So they've got two decent slots one really crappy slot, and then their prime time, which is probably when I would say 70% of their viewership comes is on that Sunday night slot. And that's when their new episodes airs on Sunday night. That's when the new episode drops every week for 13 weeks. Shameless so what's plug. your... Uh, yep. Very good. Let Watch Lee and go. Tiffany. Crush Lee and Tiffany. Eight, 8 o'clock on Sunday nights. You could say we Eastern. crushed the production. We crushed it. I'm quitting. That was a terrible... You just got to give him one every now and then. It's like a if dog. Not, I'll take just it. Every now and then, you just got to give him a little, hey, bud. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> boy. I'll feed you, you. I'll feed you again. Yes. <laughs> so what's the what's the price range generally? What's the cheapest you I've can been, get for an air spot? And well, what's, I, you somebody think told me expensive? the other day you can get a Sportsman Channel slot for 30K. Maybe you can. I don't know. But like I asked him, I'm like, is that Tuesday nights at 2 a.m. after – Flex Seal commercials? He's like, oh, I didn't ask that. He's like, well, you probably should ask that. Um, I think you're going to get airtime cheaper now than you ever have because they desperately need shows. But I say that with this new Hulu, Furbo, friendly sling thing, that might change. It's the worst lineup of names. It is. I hate how some things name their stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I think... It might change. It might make it more competitive, and airtime might cost more. Or what I'm hoping is it brings some outside love or outside 
outside influence into the outdoor channel, sportsman channel space and not make it necessarily all hunting. I want it to be, what I want to happen is the cream to rise at the top. I want all these crappy shows to not be able to afford to stay anymore. New blood moves in either from other networks or other platforms and it, it raises everybody up. That's what I want to happen. So now that you've got your show concept, you've figured out that you've got enough money and time and resources to produce it, and you've yep. got your airtime. Yep. Uh, I want to talk briefly, briefly. Everybody look me in the face when I say briefly. You don't look back at yourself. Looking at myself on the camera. Uh, okay. About cameras. So we talked a lot about this, like I said at the very beginning uh, on the last episode. There's not a there's not a whole ton of differences, um, but there are certain things that you might need to know, um, and there are quote unquote industry standards mm-hmm. for cameras. So if you're looking to jump into TV right now, Caleb, what are the cameras and camera systems? And accessories that you would say are industry standard, you know, so that your show doesn't look like it was filmed on a potato compared to everybody else. I think it depends on the show, the, the type of show. camera phones. Yeah, the the type of show again. Sure. Because if you want to do the pro staff show, and you've got twelve people running around or twelve groups out there, obviously they're not going to all be running FX sixes. Right. I'd say top of the top of the mountain right now is FX six. Um, is that the industry standard? It can't be because you can't friggin' get them. Um, I would say if there's a camera that's still the industry standard, is the FS7, FS5. I would say that the majority of everything, I know Realtree's still shooting on that, Small Town Hunting's still shooting on that. There's several shows that are still using that camera. I mean, we still have an FS7. It's our, our backup, and it's in Iowa with Lee and Tiff right now. Um, I would still say that, and that's still a great, great camera. It's served us well many, many years. Um, Years ago, it was the 300K, and it was the FS700, and, and, it's, and it's changed. It was an NX5U, um, but cameras have gotten better. I think it depends on, again, going back to that budget and everything else. But if you had to buy one camera that could get everything done that you needed, I think it's going to be the FS5 right now. But for the price... The FS5? FS5. For what it can do, the right. price, the interchangeable lenses, the XLR import in, inputs... The, you know, LCD, you know, the rotatable lens LCD, it shoots on SD cards. It's a fairly easy and inexpensive camera to get. Um, You can buy them used all over the place. Um, If you're wanting to do a show that's got production value and it's got some cinematic value, that's the best way to go. If you want one step above that, it's the FS7. I still think it is. Um, If FX6s were more readily available, it would be the FX6, but they're not. Like, the fact that we have three. three and an FX3, I don't know anybody who's got that many. I mean, you didn't have to flex that hard, but you did. Well, I did. I so. did. Can't hide money. There you go. Flex it. There we go. Oh, God. No. Couldn't um, even deny me that And in one. terms of other things that you need, you if you're not running live mics, that's, there's no excuse at this point. You need to be running live mics. Um Law and shotgun, you need two channels of audio, you need ambient, and then spoken word. And then um, we don't really run any external monitors. That's kind of a personal preference. 
A lot um, of guys who are, if you're filming on a mirrorless, yeah, there's a lot of guys who will run a external monitor. I try and be as, um, I try and be as simple and as nimble as I can be with my gear. Um, they're not required, but they are. I mean, they do have benefits if you're looking on a tiny little LCD for a mirrorless. Um, I might try that with the FX3. And if you're, and if you're, and this is gonna, some people like them, some people don't. We don't film deer hunts without a camera arm. The fact that there's some shows that still do is just beyond me. Um, I know it's a it's a it's a very aggravating step. I get it. Carrying it in there, setting it up, but man, does it make your footage better? Does it make it you more solid in the tree? Does it make everything better? Yes. Um, there's cheaper options if you're not running a bigger camera. We still run the biggest, heaviest camera arms out there that you can't find anymore. Speaking of, if anybody out there has a muddy boss hog and you want to sell it, hit me up. I want it. Um, it's one of those things to where that that's where we talk about production value. How What kind of production value do you want? Uh, and we want the highest we could possibly get, and that means carrying in heavy camera arms and heavy tripod heads. We run the heaviest camera arms and the heaviest tripod heads and the heaviest sticks of anybody. Um and that might be a product of that's what I did at sub seven for years and that's what I've gotten used to and that's what I know works and I can rely on it, which is another thing. Don't skimp on things in production. Um, they cost money, um, but the more expensive things are ones that last. Like, you know, I paid fourteen or $1,600 for my tripod head and that's a lot of freaking money. I understand that. I mean, I've had that thing for nine years, and it has been through hell and high water, and I know it's going to work every single time. It's been thrown in and out of the back of Rangers and trucks, and it's more traveled than most people, but I know that thing's going to work every single freaking time. Um, spend money on good gear and good support, and then I know this is going to make Keegan cringe, but try and kind of take care of it. We do a pretty good job. We don't do, like, we had a freelance guy we worked with one time, Ryan, who's I'm talking about, who like didn't want to take his lens off to get dust on the sensor. Don't be that guy. Like they're made to be used, they're made to be on the field, they're made to get dirty and dusty. Take care of them. None of them are designed to do what we do with them. But like, don't be the guy that won't go get a shot because it's kind of misting rain a little bit. Come on, dude. Don't be a puss. <laughs> we can use that word. Yeah. He, he owns the company. He can use whatever he I know. Uses. I just I just like it's to only have a list of the words <laughs> that I can say. After Caleb says them, I go, I can say that one now. <laughs> it's just, it's just his brother that's going to yell at you. I have to catch myself a lot. <laughs> I do. You, you should have heard me last week. There was a few times where I, I had to physically stop. I listened I for think. about 20 minutes, and I couldn't listen anymore. Well, it was a very informative podcast. Mm. If you guys as, want. Inf- as informative as this one, though? Yes. No. Yes. No, no, no. It should be. It's two and a half freaking hours. Look at that. Look at that. Numbers. Oh God, here we go. So That's why we get paid hourly, right? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the cameras, um, and now I think is the part that, I mean, among others, I think there's a lot of things with TV shows that sneaks up on people mm-hmm. and that they don't think about, but I think this is one of the things that people really do not think about. Because it's like a dark magic art that happens in a room somewhere that they're... That <laughs> What's the dark magic art? 
editing. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what we're doing right here? <laughs> what kind of witchcraft have you been doing, Ryer? We don't do witchcraft. <laughs> I, I think that a lot of people don't understand... They don't understand the post-production process. They don't understand the time. Good. I want them not to. That means we make more money. (laughs) (laughs) They don't understand the time that post-production takes. They don't understand the skill and talent it takes to be good at editing. Uh, And they don't understand, like, all of the things that you didn't think that you need, but now you need. Yeah. Um, And I, I forgot to mention it earlier, but before you go shoot. You forgot to mention something. I why do I Hold on, do that? let me take a note. <laughs> <laughs> so, I He's think... so easy to mess with. Before you shoot, you also have to have an idea of what the stro- show is going to look like structurally. Well, I hope so. The style. Yeah. We just didn't mention but it. That's, but that's, yeah, that's where production companies... Right. That's where we come in. That's what, our, that's what we love to do. That, it's so... I love it when somebody calls us with a product or a concept or a series or a show, and they're like want to do this show, but like, I don't know what it wants, you know, what it want, we want it to look like, how to shoot it. And it's like, can we tell you how we would like to shoot it? <laughs> yeah. No. I and have then, answers and, for you. And then when they <laughs> say, I've been waiting for this day. And then when they say yes, and they, and they are actually open to our creative process, like guys, if you're listening, like that's what, that's what we do this for is we get our hands tied behind our backs almost all the time creatively. But for us to be able to just go out and create a show and tell the story the way we want to tell it, which this, by, by the way, rarely ever happens. Like twice. That's why, That's where we, that's Maybe where we thrive. And you'll see a whole different gear come out of us if we get some of that control. I'm not even saying I would love all that control, but some of that control. So, what would you do with all of that control? I've had it a couple of times. Um, <laughs> not very many. A couple. It sounds are, like he's talking about a drug that he, yeah. that he desperately needs to stay away from because the effects were just just. You need so to mainline that crap if you could get that in a pill you're, form, man. You're like that Dave. Y'all got any more of that full control over the production process? Yeah. <laughs> so walk me through post-production for a TV show. Like what? It's time, man. It's, it's, it's. How long? Somebody the other day told me. They knew a production company in the outdoor industry that had nine editors. And I sat there and thought really hard. And I'm like, I don't know nine good editors. Do I know nine people that edit? But that, here's the thing. There's, there's, there's knowing how to edit and knowing how to use the program are two different things. Do I know nine people that know how to use the editing program? Yes. Do I know nine really good editors? No. I don't put myself in that category. I put myself in a, a middle of the road, maybe slightly above average editor. I put you in that category. I put Nathan Thomas in that category. I put two or three more people in that category. That's it. I, I don't know of nine. And you're a guy who knows a lot. Of and people. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of good editors that are like my level. I do. But guys that can consistently crank out bangers with solid footage, there's just not that many of them. Um, and and that's and that's saying something because that's a, it's a it's a very 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 unique skill. It takes a certain personality, it takes a certain patience, it takes a certain level of crazy, it takes a certain level of. It looks right at me. Well, it, but you but you know this. Yeah. I mean you you. 
it it takes an extremely special person to there, get to a level that I would say is a great editor. I think there's as much of an it factor with a good oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. I, and and there and there are very few and far between. And if you find one, try and hold on to them the best that you can. Or if you are that guy, figure <laughs> out how nice to little padded yeah, box. Figure out how to hone that and then Lots of capitalize on it. But I mean, you can tell, and I can tell them. I mean, it's a ton of time behind a computer. Um, it's a lot. I mean, I think it's generally what do we give? Um, we're you're usually talking about two weeks an episode is usually what you kind of. That's what I. That's right. what I build into our budget is. And when I say two weeks, that's 10 working days, you know, Monday to Friday, Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, figuring eight hours a day behind a computer. You know, I, I figure that in as you've got a day to a day and a half, if you didn't shoot it, to watch everything. You've got a day to kind of organize and start laying out your rough story and getting a feel of all the footage. You've got essentially a day for each segment. So five minutes worth of editing time to rough a segment. So there you're a week at least. Then you've got another day of timing the show, getting reviews, getting it watched. Another day of cleaning that up, a day of color and a sound, and then a day of exports and, and delivery. So you're at least eight to ten days every time. Now, fishing show, different story. I'm talking about a Lee and Tiffany type show. If you're Nathan Thomas, different story. He's a special animal. But if you're me, if you're Ryer, you need three weeks. If you're me, two weeks. <laughs> it's going to be really good, Ryer, but you need three weeks. So it's it's it, every editor's different. There's some that are crazy, crazy fast. There are some that are crazy, crazy talented. And I'm talking about uh, a, you know a, a down the middle Lee and Tiffany hunting show that's lots of cuts, fast pace, lots of music, very good production value, that's two weeks. If you just want a jury show with a bunch of kills with some graphics down in the middle, we can do that in five days. It's easy. Um, it, every show is different, but w- the show we like to do takes two weeks. Um, and I think there's a lot of things that you don't know that you need to have made before you even start editing. I mean... Like all of your your bumpers, your title sequences, graphics like packages, the entire graphic oh, I love package. The graphics package. Mm. Mm. That's mm. a beautiful thing. And sometimes, I, sometimes they're terrible. There's, I can't say it. I can't say it. And a there's one graphic, out there that's real bad. I can't say who though. And a good graphics package will cost you money. Oh yeah, <sighs> I know what I know what some shows used to pay sub seven for graphics packages. Jesus. Lord Rikus. And then <laughs> I bought three trucks less than that. <laughs> <laughs> and then outside of the graphics package, you also have music licensing. Yep, which is more for te- linear te- television than it is for web. Significantly more. You're looking at $1,015 an app. So. An app? An episode, yeah. We're calling it an app now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shorthand. No big deal. Really? He's really hip. That's funny. I thought we weren't using that. Remember how you took in, it off? Early? In text. Oh. oh, oh, just wanted to make sure. Just yeah. want to see where we're at on that okay. one. Because, you know, you used exactly what I put there. Yeah. Signify that it was an episode, even though everybody knows it's an episode apparently, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They do. Okay. Just interesting. Just that was interesting to me. So if you don't have the skills to edit, 
and which you probably don't. But continue. You come to the Redneck Tech Podcast editing class. Boom. Hey, there you go. You're trying to tee that up. That's it. I That's see it. what you're yeah. doing. You did a really good job of hiding trying to tee that up. You didn't even like give a nudge or anything. I, good job, Keith. I, I, I did it so well I hid that I was teeing it up for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Keegan hijacked that. I wasn't teeing it up. That was the actual question, but there you go. Hey, I am. Here we go. Here we go. <sighs> okay, we're done with the fist bump. Half the podcast here. is fist bumping. <laughs> I'm so, where are you getting your music from? Lots of places. Um, the answer is yes. T- TV shows, the biggest one for TV has always been wild, uh, First Com. Um, they're very expensive, but they're very good. I've used Sonic Librarian. I've used Stephen Arnold Music. I've used Extreme Music. I've used... Don't you use API? <sighs> yeah, um, there's another one that I used to use, Bass Pro Shop Hat, APM. APM Music. Um... Then there's obviously the ones that you use for web, art list, Soundstripe, music Epidemic, bed. Music Bed, Invato. There's so many Bonfive. of them now. Thank God that's good because great good good music is expensive and great music is even more expensive and it's even harder to find. Trust Ryer's looking for one specific song for one specific instance right now and we can't find it. Yeah, I was on there. I was on a site for already two and a half hours. And I was like, hate, 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 double hate, loathe entirely. <laughs> Name that movie. Um, you should know it because you are one. A Grinch. The, 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 the Grinch. I am the worst person at remembering names of movies. Well, you ain't you worse than Clay. Clay is literally he, the worst because he's not seen anything. Yes, he he lies about seeing things, but he hasn't seen anything. There's a difference. He doesn't remember them. Clay hasn't seen them. We were talking about a movie the other day, and a whole scene, and he said that he had seen it. I'm like, name one scene in the movie. And I was like, I know you haven't seen the movie because if you've seen the movie, you could name this one scene. I can't, remember, I can't remember what we're talking about, but it's I was like, like, you've never seen this movie. It's going to be like uh, the meme of kids wearing a Nirvana shirt. Like, name every song they've ever produced. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all still need to watch that movie. Which one? Which one? Oh, yeah. Uh, Killing Them Softly. We haven't watched yeah. it yet. Oh, yeah. that movie. Yeah. Y'all yes. Y'all need to get it together because that was pre-me working here. Uh, like, true. Tim, if you're using weeks. Artlist and Soundstripe and you're not happy, um, I don't know what kind of vibe you're going for, but um, go ahead and get licenses to... And Vato and to Epidemic as well. We have licenses to all four of them, and we just bounce around between them all. Um, this was the question I was going to go for. If you don't have the skills to edit, and you're not hiring a production company to hire everything, you're going to have to add the editing cost to it. Mm-hmm. What's your range? Assuming uh, you, you find somebody, that's twenty twenty between twenty five hundred dollars an episode and. $10,000 an episode, everything in between. I mean, it's a huge range. You know, we're not going to touch a TV episode generally, and this is general. Like, there are exceptions for less than five to seven. That's about what we're going to be. Um, but that also depends on how many episodes, how intense they are. Are there is a one-camera shoot, is a two-camera shoot, is a three-camera shoot? It all depends on time. It's all based on time. So, So the last point, and this is... The this is the point that is going to make or break the TV show, essentially, in two to four years, is you've dumped all this money into something. How are you getting paid? And how <laughs> how how do you? What kind of advice? Do I you can have tell you. I can tell you how you're supposed to get paid, but if yes. it'll work or not, that's the that's the million dollar question. Right. Um, I think. The way to get paid is you've got to prove that you've you're here to stay, 
that you're a staple in this business and with your show, and you've made that clear. You create great relationships with the sponsors that you have or the sponsors that you get, meaning you constantly communicate with them, whether that's asking what they need, how they're doing, invite them hunting, invite them fishing. That's the big thing. Like you see the big shows, they're always taking their biggest sponsors hunting and fishing every year without a fa- without fail. Turns out marketing people like going on hunts. Um, you're Hi. creating those relationships. You are constantly trying to improve your show you are not skimping on hunts and trips um you're making sure that you're taking quality animals with quality footage you're not killing something just because you're there and you got a tag you're making sure you got it on camera that's the hardest thing for a lot of people um and you're you're consistent and i really don't know beyond that it's just the staying power and just hustling man you look at the guys out there that are doing the best, they're hustlers every time. So there's hustling all the time for a new non-endemic or a non-industry sponsor, like uh, Matt said. Um, you're looking for creative ways to integrate new partners or new concepts or new angles or new cameras or new something. Um, you're looking outside this industry to try to improve. Um, you're leaning on people that are professionals. You're sticking in your lane doing what you're good at and, and subbing out what you're not. I think it's just like running a business. It's it's everything that it takes to run a business is exactly how you got to do a TV a successful TV show, and then you got to kill stuff. So, but being honest with yourself is the first step. Do I want to see myself, or do I want to be a part of a hunting brand? Like I've got several show ideas I would love to do, absolutely love several concepts, several things. Not a single time have I created an idea or concept where I was the one in front of the camera ever. It's always with a person or an idea in mind. It's like, okay, this is the idea. This is the concept. Who would best play this role? Who would best do this? And usually it's Chuck. Usually it's a Dudley. Usually it's a, you know, I've got my buddy Chris Trujillo. We got that idea yesterday. Like, I have ideas, and never, ever is it, man, I'd I'd do real good at that. Film me do that. Well, that's the same no. as regular television yeah. and movies. Unless yeah. you're Mike Myers, yeah, you're not casting yourself in yeah. every single movie or TV show that yeah. you're making. And, but, but I'm. I also know that nobody, and this is another thing that people just aren't willing to tell themselves. I know nobody cares about seeing me. I'm well, fine with that. You I don't can't care. afford to replace that many camera lenses. Yeah, exactly. Season. I don't care that if people see me. You never have. Um, the fact that we do this on YouTube is literally just to get more eyeballs. It's not for me to see myself. I don't care. It's, it's the simple fact of like being honest with what you're good at and what you're not. If you are not the TV show host and you know, you're not that personality. Some people think they are and they're not. If you're not, then if you want to do a brand, you've got a great idea. That's fine. Find somebody to run with that idea. Take the creative and own the creative side of it. Maybe you're not the guy that needs to be on camera because out of all the years of doing this, I've met less than a handful of people that were meant to be in front of a camera. Chuck's one of them. Tiffany Lukoski's one of them. Jeff Foxworthy's one of them. John Dudley's one of them. You know, there's only a handful of them. Um, The rest, they're okay and mediocre at best. Some of them are like watching paint dry and have naked pictures of people's wives. It's the only reason they're on TV. I told you the story. I told, oh yeah, that where uh, I got recognized by Jeff Foxworthy's dude. 
on the plane when oh, I was coming back uh, from somewhere. By a uh, um, <clears throat> what now? I remember him talking about. It was when he's coming back from by the, uh, uh Glenn Garner. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, because they were in first class as they do, mm. and I remember seeing a guy sit down and like from the back. I was like, that kind of looks like it. Like it could be Jeff Foxworthy. It could be. But like you know, there's you see people like that all the time. You're like, oh, it could be that person. I don't and, know. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody like. Is that Jeff? Well, he's a pretty unique looking dude. Yeah, but you've also been around him, like seen him in person and stuff. Just mm-hmm. like having seen him on TV and stuff, I went, oh, it could be right. So because you know, people look different on TV than they do necessarily in real life. And yeah. so I was like, oh, it could be. But they're in first class. I'm in Comfort Plus, so you know our, we really don't mix like that. You know, this isn't the Boy, almost Comfort Titanic. Plus. You were getting fancy. I got first class coming back from Rochester. Plant. Oh, you got. <laughs> oh, I I also got upgraded. Oh, <laughs> suck. Anyways, I was wearing a co-creative hat, and at some point, uh, Glenn had gotten up to go to the bathroom, and when he was coming back, because I was like the first row behind first class. That's who I filmed kill that moose in Yukon. Was Glenn? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so he... He's a goofball, man. I had my headphones in watching something. That dude's killed more deer than Parvo. <laughs> yeah, or not Parvo, EHD. That dude's killed a bunch of deer. Yeah, so he he tapped me on the shoulder and was like, hey, do you work for Caleb? I was like, oh, yeah. He said, yeah, tell Caleb that, that uh, Glenn said hey. And that's when I texted I you. can't believe he said something nice. I figured it would be mean coming from Glenn. Oh, no. so that, that's definitely not you got recognized. No, I didn't say that I got recognized. I said that Caleb got rec- like by my hat. Oh. I didn't say I got Gosh, recognized. Man. I love. Oh, I want to go back down their place so bad. Their their place is magical, man. Gosh, Jeff's place is incredible, incredible. I move there right now. He's got a really nice house. He doesn't stay in very much. <laughs> 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 I'd go, man, in a heartbeat. I'm sure it's got internet. We could. Move. Oh, it's got internet. It's got a big like ten acre bass pond in front of it too. Dock. He's got a bass boat with no motor, just a trolling motor, just to go out on the Negro Pond. <laughs> it's so legit. Oh, and huge whitetails. Turkeys out the wazoo. Just freaking paradise. But I don't have about 50-some-odd million dollars to probably buy it. <laughs> probably take more than that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we got it all. Is there anything else you want to say about TV shows? Just know what you're getting into, man. Um, I think there's there's less and less people that want TV shows now than ever. They More than anything, people are going to want a YouTube series. But again, to do a YouTube series right, it's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you a significant amount of time. You have to be dedicated. I mean, de- that's got to be your number one goal is growing your, your channel, and that's putting out fresh content at the very minimum weekly. You know, Um and you can start that and by filling our last slot in our production class can. in the beginning of August. You can. Um, and we also, um, yeah, we got one slot left for our August class. Mm-hmm. And it is almost season, boys. It's almost here. I'm not ready. I'm not Finally. thinking about that. So not excited. ready. I'm not thinking about it. So excited. <sighs> I'm not ready at all. Not even a little bit. Yeah, we're an hour and 38 in this. I think we're good. Y'all got anything else? Good? No. Any questions on the thing? I don't think we got any more. Uh, no, I think we're good. All right. Let's – Um, it's just an airplane ride. Chill. I just wanted to listen to it. I thought maybe it was a cool one. I might have to run out. Good, 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 good. Everybody happy? All right. All right. Yeah. Peace. Peace.